bitches bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Bailey. And I'm Erica. And welcome to part two of our episode. So we're going to jump straight into rent and receipts, and then we'll go into misogynist of the week. Um, so I'm going to get kick things off. Um, I'm actually going to take a little bit of a different route since uh, last week we had kind of a bit of a downer episode. <laughs> it was real heavy. It was really heavy. Um so I'm going to highlight a, a, a column that a friend of mine wrote in Chatelaine um, called, As a New Dad, How Do I Quit My Daughter for the Age of Trump? Um, I just want to say that it was really great to see him reflecting on the the events of Charlottesville and what a Trump presidency means for the world, for Canada, and for how he raises his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Um, nice to see that he was addressing that we don't talk about race very often, particularly in Canada, mm-hmm. um, and that how do we do that when we're raising children? When even when we have problems talking to our peers, yeah. how do we do that with children? Yeah. Um, and so he he just has a, had a lot of questions, um, and was just wanted to create that open dialogue with between him and his wife and them and their daughter. Um, about what they're going to teach them, teach her, particularly because in Charlottesville, a lot of the young men who were part of Charlottesville and the the, the white supremacist march, their parents were like, well, they didn't learn this at home. Mm. So mm-hmm. in being able to, you know, really over- make it a concerted effort to try to push against what your child may learn in the schoolyard mm. um, it was really great to see. Um, and then it triggered me to think of a post that I had seen on my Facebook um, by my friend Erica. Shout out Erica. Um, about, called How to Talk to Kids this About is not Race. not me, though. Not you. <laughs> Neither Erica. Um, How to Talk to Kids About Racism, an age-by-age guide. And it's just uh, it's from Today's Parent. And it talks about, you know, when you have an infant, a toddler, a preschooler, school-age kids and teenagers, how to talk to them about race and differences and celebrating those differences instead of and creating a positive framing for those differences rather than a negative one. That's really interesting. I, I think, yeah, like having a guide like this is just really helpful because, you know, we talk about so many things with our kids like we talk about drugs and we talk about sex and we talk about like yeah like just like a lot of things but we very rarely talk about race and it's I'm just thinking back to my own childhood and I wanted that rainbow hair doll uh, when I was like oh where you like put the water yeah yeah and then her, her hair went to rainbow colors so when we went to the target to get the doll there was only like the black doll left like the same doll but black and so i was like well like whatever <laughs> that's that's the, that's sure i want hair the rainbow hair it's gonna turn rainbow i want that shit and my mom was like okay perfect like get put it in the cart like let's go and uh i remember like having it and friends would come over and be like why do you have that doll i was like well she got rainbow hair <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about why do i have that doll um but like i didn't 
it, it, I didn't know it didn't didn't matter to me and then but then like yeah like you get socialized and I don't I mean my mom is great but my mom never talked to me about it again like she was never like like we never had a race conversation around the doll and I feel like it would have been a good opportunity um but it just yeah and I don't know I don't know whatever happened to the doll but (laughs) I got white dollies from then on out (laughs) just sad uh but uh yeah so I think you know having teaching parents how to have these conversations is interesting I may have to do a little bit of that yeah 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 because I, I this actually came up recently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, so let's just say I was talking to somebody who I so I was hung, hanging out with him and his and his ten year old, and the ten year old. Um, so you know, like they weren't they weren't around for like the Charlottesville stuff. They were off on vacation and stuff. And so, but I remember before Charlottesville, like right before, um, I, like I think we were doing something or, or, or oh no, we were talking and um, I think I said the word white or I said the word black in, as, as in terms of race. And this 10-year-old was like, that's racist, which I promptly ignored, of course, because, <laughs> you know... Um, But I said to his dad, I just said, look, you're going to have to do that little ticky-dock about race. Yeah. And he's like, you think so? And I said, yeah. Yeah. Particularly as like a white male. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, um, he says, do you think it's too soon? I said, no. Yeah, no. Ten is like... And he, Almost I said, too late. Yeah. I, I said, it's not too soon because he's already, he's already been exposed, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, and then, and th- and then I realized I'm like, you want to preserve his childlike innocence mm-hmm. for as long as possible, mm-hmm. and that's what I realized the barrier was. It wasn't. It was less about. Like we talk about race, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because now we're having conversations in front of him, mm-hmm. in front of the kid. So mm-hmm. I think that will open things up too. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's another actually interesting way to do it is to have conversations about race around your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what I realized then was that he was just trying to shield his kid from the ugliness of the world for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, did you know about it? Did you talk about it? Like, sit down and talk about it. I said, I had the talk when I was like seven well, or six. Because, because I yeah, had to. Yeah, exactly. Right? And he went. The world treats you differently. He's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, right. He's, yeah. he's just like, yeah, that makes, okay. You know, and it's these every little small sort of ways where our where the preparation for life is different Mm -hmm. because black people have the race talk with their kids way before 10. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know what it's like with other ethnic minorities. I can't speak to that. But I know that I had that racial talk Um, by the time I was eight. It was there maybe around five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And I turned out fine. Um, I 
heard a story about um, a young black man who his mother would teach him and I think his sister um, about race and what drilled it into them about how they should act mm-hmm. when they come face to face with a police officer. Mm-hmm. She was like, you look them in the eye, you answer the question, you do not mouth off to them because you do not know how they're going to react to you and you could end up dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like, yeah, it's a very real conversation that certain minority groups and oppressed groups have to have mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than like white people who can kind of, you know, it goes back to that video that went viral a couple months ago of the kids who, the white kid and the black kid who had got the same the name same and they got the same haircut. And they're Dax. best friends. Yeah, and because friends. they don't see color. Yeah. Well, they, of course, because they're three, yeah. maybe four years old. Yeah, but but color sees them. Yeah. 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 That's at, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So it would be nice if we could. And to me, that, that one love, rah, 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 um, let's all be one, blah, 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 blah. There's just one race. There's the just human the human. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it it's, it's another way to silence, yes, but it's also an escape for people who don't want to deal. Yeah. So if you don't want to deal with the complexities of the issue, most people are going to be like, we should all just be one race. And I'm like, really? Who's running that race? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. in power of that race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know what the answer is. Yeah. Status quo. Well, and I, I do think it's interesting, too, for, like, biracial children, especially when their parents split up. Yeah. Um, mm. To, like, if they're being raised predominantly by the white parent, but they're seen as people of color in the world you know I think like we have to really normalize talking about race and I think talking about race around your kids is a really good way to start those conversations yeah you normalize the the actual discussion yeah yeah, sure yeah like I'm thinking of some friends that I have and uh yeah basically like him and his brothers are black and they've all dated white women and always like been with white women and you know, I think for his daughters who are biracial, like they're women of color in this world, but they're not getting, they're not seeing strong other women of color in their like family and influences, yeah. right? They're just, they're, they're only seeing white women. Okay, on that note though, <laughs> I'm about to say something that a lot of people, but it's true. Um, I We like, there's, there's an unspoken understanding Standing, I would say, within the black community that, okay, let me not put this on the community. Okay, from what I've <laughs> noticed, okay, and I've spoken to other black women about this, and they tend to agree, biracial kids, white and black bi- biracial kids with white mothers are different from white and black biracial kids with black mothers. Mm-hmm. Not the same. Yeah. Not the mm-hmm. same. Because the mother is the nurturing agent in right. general. So biracial kids who have, so think of Lenny Kravitz, mm-hmm. for example, who had mm-hmm. a black mother, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, there was a wonderful piece in Allure magazine. Shout out to Allure magazine, by the way, that's doing amazing things. Michelle Lee, who's like leading that. I think I think it is yeah. like good on her. Mm-hmm. I think they put the first like he like hijab hijab clad woman mm-hmm. on the cover or huh. something like recently. Awesome. So anyway, Allure magazine. I totally they've 
they've they're looking better <laughs> let's not call them the bars low the bars low so i'll give them a little thing okay but and the re- the reason is is that when usually when when white women have children with black men and especially if they don't stay with that black man Sometimes a racism just creeps in. Yes, you can have a, a baby by a black man and still be a racist. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a so their ideas of what black is creeps in and is projected onto those children, and usually they are negative. Hmm. Um, so the children, like the children, usually like. Let me not. Okay, let me not presuppose. I'm I'm treading very lightly on this, and you can see why. Um, so white, but the second thing is, is that they don't live in communities of color Mm -hmm. where these, these, the faces of these children can be reflected back to them Mm -hmm. and that, so let me give you an example. I was in, um, a hair studio a few years ago and I met this woman, her, her boy was half black is half black and she we were talking about hair and she's like well he doesn't know how to take care of his hair i mean i i don't i don't even know what to do i'm like well did you teach him and she said well i didn't know okay so that's not your responsibility mom she was a white woman yeah yeah so i said what about his aunts and uncles Mm -hmm. and because trust me even if that man leaves that family's still there Especially the black women of that family, they are still there. Mm -hmm. And they're there to pick up the mess because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, I I was like, well, what about his parents? Well, I don't really talk to them. Okay, so you cut off your son from people who look like him and his family. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. And you expect him to be okay in the world? No. So whereas, you know, I find that biracial children that are, are are raised by black women have a better sense of who they are and where they fit in this world vis-a-vis race. Right. Yeah. So that's my little spiel. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, it was, I, I think you bring up a great, this is a great art. This is so useful. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, the takeaway is just, uh, it's never too early to talk about race with your kids. Yeah, or your and friends, if, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know, there are resources. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I always check out everydayfeminism.com. Yeah. Um, and Today's Parent, and there you go. So, like, we need to start this because, as we have seen, millennials ain't that woke. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Totes. All right. Uh, Erica, do you want to go next? Oh, <laughs> I'm so surprised. Um, so, ah, so speaking of Charlottesville, which I wasn't, but I thought I would anyway. Um, <laughs> I thought, okay, so about like, I swear to you, like a year ago or something, like for the past few months, every so often, I'd be like, what about the radicalization of your white kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and people, and then I'm like, too soon? Okay, I'll be back. I think you started this particularly after the shooting in the Muslim, in the mosque in yeah. Quebec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, so now can we talk about the radicalization of white kids? Nope, 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 fast, fast, fast. And then I'm like, oh, looky here. Yeah. <laughs> so all the, um, the Guardian wrote an article, or James Damore of the Guardian or whoever, about the Google memo. So if you guys don't know, there was a Google memo that got leaked and went viral, written by an engineer who didn't like the diversity, the gender-specific diversity policies at Google, since it's heavily male, and basically turned it into a diatribe on how women are inferior to men intellectually. Mm -hmm. So Google fired him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so naturally, people, free speech. That's not free speech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what what, um, this article is saying is, that's nice, Google, but what about YouTube? And what about YouTube being used as the prime platform for radicalization? Yep. Hmm. And so um, although YouTube has faced significant public scrutiny for hosting terrorist propaganda and enabling ISIS recruitment, There has been much less discussion about whether, and if so, to what extent the platform is radicalizing young white men in America who feel under attack by liberalism and disenfranchised by social progress. 100% Mm. it has. Absolutely. Because all of the, we saw, um, all of the white supremacists in Charlottesville, a lot of them came from backgrounds where there were men's rights activists. A lot of them have blogs, have participated in, um, um, on Reddit threads and are on YouTube and have YouTube channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you're right. They came from YouTube. You're right. There were a couple. Actually, yeah, you're right. There were a couple of them, especially who had big YouTube followings. Yeah. yeah. Well, and YouTube should be shutting down these accounts. Like this is the thing like Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, all these huge corporations have a responsibility. Like, you know, and like you were saying uh, in our last episode about free speech, like mm. free speech, fine, and the government, whatever, you can go out and stand on Bank Street and say whatever you want. But like YouTube is a corporation and there's a code of conduct that you sign up to when you that's right. get well, on the platform. That's right. And, you know, just like Google has a right to fire your ass if they don't think that you um, reflect their values yeah they have a right to fire you yeah if you can get fired for like having an affair because of a clause in your contract you can get fired for spreading hate and and factually ineffective hate yeah like Mm -hmm. it was just intellectually dishonest to be on to be honest well and there's an interesting article in the cut that i'm looking at right now but i haven't read it yet it just popped up on someone's feed and it's called the men's rights activism is the gateway drug for the alt-right of course you know and of course i read that yeah just like domestic violence is the gateway to terrorism Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. So let's start thinking and talking about this as a whole instead of trying to pick it apart. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I I really do think I really <laughs> listen. Each extremist side is really not that different from the other. Yeah. No. Like they're really not. It's still anarchy. However, one side is particularly heavier, 
heavily more populated and has more of a history than the other. Mm -hmm. So, and can do real damage. So this alt-left business is bullshit. Like this Antifa business, bullshit. And it's not that they don't exist. It's not that they can't be, um, you know, um, agitators Mm -hmm. or, or, or actually maybe they're violent. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But at the same time, don't pretend, don't, don't create this false equivalency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they're not the same. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Sorry. The second thing is, um, also, uh, there, I see a lot of people back padding. I, you know what I'm tired of hearing about? I'm tired of hearing people say, oh, go punch a Nazi. Mm. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's one part of the work, but that's not where the real work is. (laughs) Kat, um, does that make you feel better? Yeah. Yeah. Your virtue signaling, I see it. I'm not obviously coming up to you assuming you're a Nazi, but your virtue signaling doesn't mean shit to me. Mm -hmm. Because at the same time, you're part of the problem. Mm. The white moderate I talked about last week, Mm -hmm. you are that and you're part of the problem. Yeah. Because you just want order. That is the only reason that a lot of white people are so upset right now is because their order has been disrupted. Yeah. It's the same reason they were upset with Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. interrupting a parade. Their order is 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 being threatened. Yeah. If white supremacists were not marching and actually killing people, but they were just white being white supremacists and spouting shit, they yeah. wouldn't care. Nope. They no. really wouldn't care. And you know what? If they did it in a distinguished way, they would support it. Like mm-hmm. Richard Spencer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look how look how when Richard Spencer came out, by the way, the the term alt right is his term. Yeah. So the idea that the rebel is saying, like, oh, we didn't know is bullshit. You knew you flirted with racism to get subscribers, to get followers, and to make money. And then when it comes and bites you in the ass, all of a sudden it's a problem. They radicalize young white men too. Yeah. And so um shout out to Barbara Kay, a stalwart in Canadian journalism who was basically on their board. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to see receipts. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see receipts of every MP that graced those headquarters. I want to see receipts of everybody on the board. I want to see receipts of everybody who ever gave money to the rebel. Because then I know what you stand for. Mm-hmm. You yeah. stand for racism. You stand for misogyny. You stand for hate. You stand for gender discrimination. Sexual orientation discrimination. Islamophobia. Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. That's your brand. Mm-hmm. So when you align yourself with these people and you want to flirt with terms like alt-right and this and that, just remember that at the at below in the basement, your kids are getting radicalized and that's your fault. Yeah. I blame parents. I blame the white parents who allowed their kids to be radicalized because A, they didn't want to talk about race. B, they didn't want to actually deal with the problem. See, mm-hmm. when they, they didn't inquire enough about their children to actually get to know what's wrong. And D, check their fucking internet history. Yeah. You know, they're goddamn parents. Be a fucking parent. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, well, I don't want to infringe on this private. Fuck 
fuck is privacy? Like, honestly, they're a minor. You, they live in your they house. They live in your house. Do, are you serious? Do you th- honestly think I could be like, ah, my privacy is big? What? I can't even say the word privacy without, like. Well, and what happened to the days when the computer was in the family room? Like, that's where that's our the computer other. was. Thank like, you. Like, Thank and then you. the one my you did was, like, have on in couch. your computer in your room was had no internet or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never had a computer in my room. Till I moved out. Me neither. <laughs> me I, neither. I was paying my own room. <laughs> Wait, did I even have a phone? In my, I think I got. I a, never had a phone in my room. Did I? Yeah, I didn't have a I phone don't. in my room. Or I did have a phone for a bit, but it was hooked up to like the house line. Like yeah. I didn't have my own landline. Oh. Can you? Do you remember when 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 like girls had their own landline? Like your friends had their own landline, yeah. and you were like, "Damn, I know. Damn, you're you're, you're balling." Like yeah. She had, like, the clear phone, yes. too. You were like, fuck, fuck you. you. See, I didn't want my own phone line because I didn't like talking on the phone. You've never liked talking on the phone? Never liked talking. I love Whoa. talking on the phone. Oh, yeah. I know I this, this surprises no one. <laughs> no, like, I grew up and went to high school with some girls who would, like, spend Saturday and Sunday talking on the phone with each other, but, like, doing everyday things. Like, they would sit and watch the same show on TV I and talk on the phone, yeah. but for, like, eight or nine hours. Yeah. So, in other words... They were live tweeting before. Yeah. The thing. The only thing, I wasn't allowed to hog the phone line because my mother also talked on the phone all day long. And so (laughs) we were like always battling over who got the phone. And then it's like, well, don't you have call? I remember when it was such a struggle to get call waiting. Like, don't you have call waiting? And my parents were like, well, if you didn't spend so much time on the phone, people would be able to phone. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, radicalization of white people. Yeah. Well, and again, this is, uh, it's just the same thing. Like, I think people of, of color have been talking about this for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. when we look to the Charleston church shooting, like, I, was that Dylan Roof? Yes, 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 yes. You know, and it's like. We were talking about it, like, yeah. He was radicalized. That's terrorism to go into the place of worship of a community and shoot them as they did in the mosque in Quebec. They didn't even call that's, them terrorists. Yeah, like, yeah. You that's know, terrorism. And there's something, there's something you can't, you can't, okay, when it comes to, like, white, the alt-right versus Islam, this is the other thing, right? Because this is, this is also contextual. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what the problem is, like, where, where the alt-right can't even, well, they can't even say anything, but any conservative or anything like that, or anybody who wants to be Islamophobic, ask yourself why the the people who are supposed to be nationalists and American nationalists and white nationalists, ask them why they took the techniques of ISIS to kill people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That hurt. Yeah. I think that's what hurt me the most. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I was just like, and then, of course, then I'm like, Black Lives Matter didn't kill anybody, but you're calling that a terrorist organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And don't tell me about 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 state troopers in Dallas either, because just because black, somebody black did something wrong doesn't mean they're a member of Black Lives Matter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not a club. I know. For black people. For I like, know. and everybody who's black is in it. Yeah, I know. Like, they're like, no, I've seen this so much on Twitter. They're like, black lives matter. They destroy things. And, and I'm like, where's the evidence? And the evidence they show me is just random black people taking like a toilet paper roll or something from a store. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They loot. They do this. They see what black lives matter. This. And I'm like, 
all I see are black people. Why would you assume they're in Black Lives Matter? Yeah. Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Bailey. Bailey. All we right. Left, we left you the well, spot. We're going we're gonna to talk about sports now. Oh, Woo! good. Yay. Uh, all right, specifically the NFL. So, Are you ready for some football? <laughs> wow. Oh. NFL knows what I'm at. That you was, guys know. That okay. was amazing. Thank you. Um, so I'm just like, uh, I think over the last little bit, there's been some, uh, well, there's been more awareness about traumatic brain injury and repeat mm-hmm. concussions and, and just like the effect that that has. And, you know, Will Smith was in that movie Concussion and like, did you see that like, movie? I never... No, I didn't see okay. it. No, I didn't no. see okay. it. Um, anyway, but, you know, people were like, oh, like the NFL is like brain damaging people, basically. And now, and we know that they also have this, like, epic violence against women problem. Yep. And the, so a researchers... A little bit of a race problem, too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a Shout race problem. Shout out Washington problem. football team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a Kaepernick problem. Kaepernick problem. Although I saw <laughs> that... Um, oh, yeah. It's a spreading. Yeah. And the Seahawks player, I can't think of his name. Um, I, yes, yes. But he's, like, like a pretty critical player, and I was like... Gonna oust him from the league too. I can't. I can't. They can't afford. You. This is the thing. If this, if this actually spreads, the NFL is fucked. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a whole bunch of black football players are like, "Fuck you," or just no. Exactly. Well, and so this is the thing. So we we know like there's a lot of black players in the NFL. We know that repeated head injuries are a problem, and now they're finding this. research link between traumatic brain injury and domestic violence so so there's been a a link made (laughs) and it's like i feel like the record scratched (laughs) exactly like drop the beat again exactly and so and by no means do i want this to excuse violence like obviously i think you still have to be a misogynist to have traumatic sure. brain injury and abuse your wife physically, like obviously. But, um, but I, I, you know, I think that the more that we learn about this, the more that we, like, uh, we got a question. And I think race does play into it too, because I think a lot of the players who have these traumatic brain injuries and who are abusive to their partners, like a lot of people are like, oh, like there's just another black man, like you know, being a rapist or whatever, and it's. You know, I think it plays on a lot of racist stereotypes. They didn't kill us. They don't kill their wives, all of them. Yeah. Only some of them. Like OJ. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. Your friend. I know. You love him. Ray Rice. I guess he didn't I, kill her, but. Well. <laughs> you know, anyway. That 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 was very hard to watch, actually. That, that was, Ray Rice yeah, video. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It was super, yeah. super hard yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, and like. The, the the penalties for being abusive towards women in the NFL are not really that bad. They're not at all. You know, like they might have to sit out a couple of games. Why the NFL thinks not. they could put a battered, um, we support women, uh, feminist esque uh, Super put a Bowl fucking, ad. And you just put fine. a fucking crest on their jerseys and they're fine. Make yeah. them play in fucking pink and yeah. they're yeah. fine. And they're fine. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Fine, fine, fine. It's like mm, I don't know if the NFL is ready. It's not for... even a band aid. No. This is the thing. We're in a post Charlottesville world right now. I really do think this is um, it's a watershed moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and because Charlottesville was a watershed moment, which scared white people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that it's going to be interesting to see those brands react. And when I say brands, I don't just mean companies. I mean people. I mean all sorts mm -hmm. of things. When mm -hmm. I say brands, I mean like um, your sort of marketing well, yeah, you had yeah, all sales. those. You have all those companies who yeah. left the manufacturing and innovation councils for Trump or whatever. Exactly, they were. and, and in yeah. in protest. So That's now they right. have to put their money where their mouth is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, well, you don't. You're not white supremacists. Then cool. What are you doing in your one corporate culture, but two in your products, in your marketing to continue promoting that? That's right. I think, and I think it's a great. I think it's a great way yeah. to say to really, really um, see what it's just so fucking interesting to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm just like it was so funny. Like the other day, I was saying to somebody, I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is an exciting time to be alive. It is. And he, and he's like, he's like, even though you know Trump's in in yeah. in power, I said, yeah, that's pretty. Because guess what? We couldn't be doing this, and it couldn't. We couldn't reach the people that we reach, and people would not be as open had there been no Donald Trump. Yeah, that's yep. true. Right, that's, true. that's the silver lining. The silver lining is now it's now voices of color can emerge. Yeah, and so, um, so when I say that, I really am interested in seeing how these how the NFL reacts and how, mm -hmm. for example, I don't know. Um, Chipotle reacts and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Because there was, I read an article the other day. I think, Aaron, that's the one you posted, where, um, like, those who are being silent, those brands, those bloggers that are being silent after Charlottesville, it's kind of like, we see your silence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've never called out other bloggers because I think that's personal and I think that that's, that that's something that you know you have to decide within yourself so i'm not i'm not here to call out people who don't say anything mm -hmm. um in that sense mm -hmm. i get it your money's there blah 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 i get it um but it does beg the question yeah because i see it a lot i see a oh, lot see of all, the time. all yeah. the time and what was really really stressful to me when i was working in the public service was that all these things would be going on and nobody would say a word about it at work. Yeah. It's as though it didn't exist and there was an eerie, uncomfortable vibe with that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it was just like, there. Like for example, if Charlottesville happened, it's like it didn't exist. Mm. Right. You know? It's like you've gone to your little safe space where you don't exactly. have to like well, attend world. And... But that doesn't make me feel safe. Well, and people are so scared to talk about race at work. Like, oh, I wasn't. Well, I know you weren't, but I mean, <laughs> probably like, white why I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, white moderates are afraid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I, I just, I guess, um, I just that scared me. Yeah, the absent, the silence scares me more than the rhetoric. Yeah. Well, 
So with the NFL. Uh, oh, so again, I'm used to, I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, the other the other issue is, of course, so we know that they've got this violence against women issue with their players, but the way that they're treating the NFL cheerleaders is also super problematic. So they, uh, yeah, they treat those cheerleaders awful. Yeah. So like, there's now um, a, a class action lawsuit against the NFL by 26 uh, former NFL cheerleaders. Um, who are, you know, alleging that they've been paid unfairly. And, I mean, they the, it is. It's awful. Like, those cheerleaders are expected to have full-time jobs that aren't – that isn't being a cheerleader. Like, that's just what they do as, like, a part-time thing. Well, you know this from watching the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Exactly. I know this from watching Making the Team Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders Now I'm going to watch this damn show. Yes. Well, and, of course, the show is very sanitized. But when you, like, look into what their contract details and stuff and, – and then the Buffalo Jills kind of blew this out of the water a couple of years ago. And those are the girls who were being told – that they have to use tampons and this is how they use soap to wash their vaginas and like they and you know they've got to pay for their nails themselves they've got to pay for their hair themselves like and they have to uphold the standard and what is their pay they make about a hundred dollars a game but when you i mean just getting your nails and your hair done that often getting your hair done is more than a hundred dollars so they're coming out negative like it costs them money to be a cheerleader um, so my question to the, you, I'm, I'm doing the Prince. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my question to you is, do, are you going to watch the NFL this year? And CFL, I see you too. You know, you're not, you know, I either. will. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to pretend. I'm sorry. I, I like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I need something. Yeah. <laughs> Give me something. Yeah. I don't really watch football unless I'm with my boyfriend, so mm. or with you guys. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I so think I... we should have a feminist football league. Yeah, we could do that. A that would be fantasy league. Yeah, where we like where you pay and then the winner donates their winnings to like a local women's org. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That sounds cool. If or like a battered women's shelter or yeah. something. If yeah. you wanna, if you wanna be in our that fantasy, would be cool. Our feminist just, fantasy league. Shout us out. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> is it? It's almost draft time. It? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. It's actually draft wait. Time. The the season should start like within the next couple weeks, right? Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, those are, those, that was my rent and receipts. Really? The so. Dallas, the, well, NFL. Well, you know, I gotta say, like, What's the, what do you think is going to happen with Kaepernick? I think Kaepernick is too great for the NFL. He needs to go and do other cool, awesome things. I just, there are teams that could benefit from Kaepernick who are just not signing him, and it is so fucked me. Yeah. They're taking shittier quarterbacks because they just don't like what he stands for, mm-hmm. and he's going to cause them too much money. But neither do the fans. Well, yeah, he's a, he's going to cost them too much money yeah, yeah. in lost ticket sales, yeah, in season tickets and sponsorships and all these things. And it's so fucked that the owners would rather forfeit, you know, a, maybe a winning season for that revenue. NFL owners are just glorified. They're glor- they're oh. fucking awful. Yeah. They're just glorified plantation owners. Like yeah, I, yeah. they Seriously. run yep. a fucking plantation. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's so fucked up that I'm just like no wonder they had to form a players union. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not you know, I just wonder how long this model can last. And the reason is, I mean, they, they've been very good about keeping, like, their revenue streams popping, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
But I just, eventually, even the NFL is going to have to change. Yeah. It just will have to. Yeah. Because if people decide, like me especially, <laughs> people like me decide, you know what? I could do without. I could watch The Wire instead. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that starts happening. I mean, you'll always have the, you know, you'll always have dudes. But then again, I'm just like, it's like, you know, my boyfriend explained it to me. He said, it's not about the football. It's about the time you get away from the everyday. Mm. It's that once a week time. Yeah. That you get away from the wife and the kids and the this. And your eyebrows are killing it. <laughs> you know, et cetera. It's, and yeah, football culture is so fucked. So I'm just like, oh, so you, so there would have to be a replacement for people to actually switch from. Yeah. 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 So that's why the NFL is the NFL. Yeah. That's why I can afford to be a plantation. Yeah. It was Marshawn Lynch that took a took a knee that I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, Marshawn Lynch took a knee uh, two weeks ago, and <gasps> Michael Michael Bennett took a knee this week as well. I've not three seen or any four of this. Ones. Yeah. Yep. Wait so, a minute, Chris Wall, Daryl Bell. What? Marshawn Lynch? Yeah. Well, he is at the end of his career. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. He came out of retirement, so he's <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Yep. Anyway. Really? So, should we move on to misogynist of the week? Yes. Yeah. And he gets uh, the the dubious it's, it's, distinction of being the misogynist of two weeks. Yes. Um, in, although I would say that he gets to go in the misogynist hall of fame. Yeah. For being a misogynist for the last, like, eight years. At least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we're talking about Chris Drum Brown. <laughs> Chris Brown. So he's like on a little bit of a redemption tour for himself. Right it's now. only taken a million years, but um, <laughs> yeah. So he has a docu series coming out or a, a something called Chris Brown. Welcome to my life. Um, and like, fuck you. Whatever film house was like, sure. We'll pay, we'll buy the rights to that. Um, also, fuck you to anyone who plays his music and as if it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it actually started the whole controversy with this came because he gave an interview, I think to people or it was in people and they just let him do his normal everyday celebrity thing. Yeah. As if he was a normal person and not a, you know, abuser. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, he also did, I, I didn't hear the interview, but I saw it um, talked about. He did an interview with Sway Calloway from Eminem Shade 45. And basically, same thing, like, Sway just, like, let him talk. And at the end was basically, like, almost kind of like, yeah, Rihanna almost kind of sort of deserved it, you know? <gasps> and then, like, and then asked men to call in with their stories of experiencing abuse themselves. No. Yeah. So like who did that? Sway Sway Calloway from Shade and Shade Forty Five. Sway Sway in the morning. The show is called. I didn't hear the interview, but uh, a friend of mine. Yeah, posted ba- about so it. So basically, in the uh, in the documentary, he talks about how his relationship with Rihanna, and how basically the night before, the night of the incident 
where I don't he care. How about her. that? Yeah. <laughs> like, she found out that he had cheated on her or something. Yeah. And that obviously broke their trust. Um, and then he just details like how they were fighting in the car and she was hitting him and then he ultimately ended up um punching does her. anybody else remember her face yep. well, yeah and oh, yeah and remember he he bit her on the finger like yeah. i'm sorry that's also not bit her yeah like that's not just like she was punching me and to self-defend myself i had to push her face away against the car or whatever like that, which i still don't even think would be okay but like he yeah like he beat the shit out of her and yeah and yeah. bit her yeah. yeah this is not this it was wasn't not a, a slap. Well, not the. Listen, I'm not saying this is okay. But on a, if yeah. you're talking about a spectrum a of abuse, a spectrum of abuse, where, a scale of yeah. aggression. Where let's he put it that trying way. Trying to like physically, yeah, just, to get him, her just, off yeah, or just to get yeah. her. I also don't understand. I, I don't understand why they were going to the Grammys. There's something off. I don't understand why they were going to the Grammys by in, themselves. In not a limo. And not not with anybody else. Like they didn't have their people around. They didn't have. Yeah. Like it was just strange. But at the end of the day, whether or not it was strange is of no consequence. It's no. just that I think. <laughs> funny enough about his music, okay, is because I Chris Brown was persona non grata on my playlist for eight years. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. It's only recently that I'm like. <sighs> And now I'm like, really? Now I'm going to have to take you off? Like, Damn it. Like, yeah. I already dropped R. Kelly. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I know. But at the same time, I mean, she, uh, he really beat the shit out of her. Like, yeah. you yeah. have to have some serious anger issues. Like, the aggression, the escalation, mm-hmm. the, um, the whatever, like, like her, he re- he rearranged her face. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I think what was really dangerous about it was that, like, you know, he's got all these young girls who just idolize him yeah. and want, you know, they want to be Chris Brown's girlfriend and everything. And then um, what ends up happening is that when he was like, oh, you know, she she broke my trust and, like, you know, she was scrolling through my phone and, like, the, you know, that's what, at the time of the abuse, anyway, that's what he said provoked it. And, you know, so some of these young girls were like, oh, well, you know, she shouldn't have looked through his phone. Like, they were saying this on Oprah. Oprah did a special on it. And it was, like, it was just so scary for me because the the, like, the space from she deserved it to I deserved it is not very long. No. You know, it's very, very. So I think, you know, it was he's a dangerous person in our pop culture world. Like he's dangerous. I don't even know why anyone gives him the time of the day you, anymore. So have you seen the picture that people put up with this story? Uh, no. It's this one. So it's them at the Grammys, I presume. Chris Brown's wearing a white suit and Rihanna's wearing a red dress. Oh, was that the year before? Could that, have been. 2013. Yeah. Um... But he's wearing white. He looks like the innocent little one. Yeah. She's dressed in red, like gotcha. the vixen. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. have picked a yeah. Good point. Different photo. Very good point. Yeah. 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 And actually, she I'm... looks like a, a a harlot. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, the I'm looking at a different article right now on stuff.co.nz, and they've got her in her um, Carabana outfit, and mm-hmm. him like just like a headshot of him smiling. So she's got like. You know, it's 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 a lot of 
skin exposed. She looks gorgeous, but like, uh, yeah, again, it's just like a really subliminal message in the pictures that they've put mm. up too, you know? Yeah, I think that um, we, it's, you know, Chris Brown was allowed to get away with it because Rihanna's black. If she were, mm-hmm. if she were Becky, he would have been hauled off in, in handcuffs yeah. long, yeah. long time. It would have mm-hmm. been like, Chris who? Yeah. At yep. the end of the day, once the victims are of color, nobody cares. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's true. It's it's the same thing I said with R. Kelly. It's like, and I blame black people for it's this. It's the same thing with Charlottesville. It's the same yeah. thing with Charlottesville. And don't get me wrong. When it comes to these things, the Chris Browns, the R. Kellys, I blame black people. Mm. Because for some reason, um, black men in black communities as a whole do not protect black women the way white men do with white men, with white women. Hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I said it. At me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Where's the lie? Okay? Hashtag no lie. I'm just saying. <laughs> was that a Chris Van song? No. It was oh, a okay. Lil Wayne song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, it's Lil Wayne. And then I'm like, oh, Lil Wayne. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so yay, Chris Brown, yay for you. Well, misogynist of the eight, all the time, years. all the time, <laughs> misogynist of our lifespan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I wonder if Karuchi, oh, hmm, Karush Tran is, is it Karuchi? I don't Karush? know. Karush? Karush. Anyway. anyway, do you know she's on a show called Claws now? Yes, I did know that. I watched two to three episodes. Was and it I, no, I was done. I mm. feel like I feel like I've seen this story before. It mm. just happens to be in a nail salon, right? Okay. It's like they're gangsters, and she's trying to get, she's trying to help her 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 um, ailing brother. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen this thing before. Yeah, many many times. Yeah, I feel like HBO broke that mold, and I'm done. Yeah, I want to see it a little bit mm. differently done. Well, I think he I abused her, too. Time. He did abuse her, too. She must have. Yeah. He I, must have. You can't yeah. tell me that he didn't. No. He's abusive. Yeah. He's an abuser. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, he's going to have a show. Nobody watch it. What? Fuck Chris Brown. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we started this, Erica. <laughs> this is why this all came to be. <laughs> so he's back in the news cycle. He gets, like, a lifetime movie about his life or something. I thought... No, no, no. The show, like, he doesn't get, like, a show series, right? No. This like is just the documentary. documentary. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. Yeah, that's sorry. why I was like, sorry. he's getting a show? You know, that's <laughs> oh, okay. why. No, no, no. Right, right, right. No, no, no. The, yeah, the documentary. I won't be watching that. Fuck yeah. that. I'm not watching it. Nope. And, yeah. like, seriously. Anyway, all right, well, that's it. Great. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at Bad and Bitchy. On Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod. On Facebook, you can find us at Bad and Bitchy Podcast or Facebook.com slash Bad and B Podcast. And you can email us, send us criticisms, send us love notes. Tell us how much you love us. Mm. You can tell Erica that you disagree with her. <laughs> um, and you can tell me if you want to join our Feminist Fantasy League. Yes. Yeah, and all, on all of those channels. And our, our email address is Bad and B pod at gmail.com talk to you guys later bye bye